Hello, hello. Welcome back, Leading Women in Tech. It's Tony here, your Lit Up Leadership Career Bestie, and we are here for another episode of Leading Women in Tech. Today, I'm here to talk about a somewhat more serious subject than some of the ones we have on the show, which is layoffs. We'll be talking about how to pick yourself up afterwards, whether you have been the one being laid off or you're the leader laying someone off because both are tough. Listen to this because you might actually be interested to hear the other side of what happens during a layoff because I think sometimes we make it all about ourselves. So if you are in the process of being laid off, your industry is not doing well, which hey, tech right now, it's having its up and downs. I will say that. I will say people are getting hired. I have women in my programs are getting hired. So if you have been laid off, this is possible. But equally, there are a lot of layoffs and it kind of sucks, right? And I know firsthand from the women I work with that because of the layoffs, even though there are a lot of jobs out there, there are a ton of people applying for every single job. So it's feeling very uncomfortable. But believe me, things will change. And also you can still get hired. So I wanted to share this topic with you today. But let me start with a little bit of an update. I know many of you love to hear the updates about what's going on around here. So I don't have much for you. But what I am going to tell you is something I am doing this summer, which I thought you might like to know about, is I am focusing on my brain health. As a leader, my brain health is basically everything, right? My brain is the thing that allows me to do my job. I'm a thought leader. I'm a coach, of course, but I'm a thought leader in this industry. My brain is my biggest asset. It is what allows me to be a CEO. It's what allows me to be a leader. It's what allows me to be a coach and a trainer and a coach trainer for that matter. It is everything that my business needs. And one of the things that's really been hitting home for me, as many of you know, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, my dad is very sick with Alzheimer's. He's still with us, thankfully, but you know, he's very ill. He's very, very sick and it's heartbreaking. One of the things that's really brought home to me, although I knew it logically before this, is that realistically, there's a very high probability that that's the way I'm going to go. It's the way most of my family, both maternal and paternal family, seems to go some form of dementia. And honestly, it's kind of terrifying. Also, I'm aware that I want to be doing this until the day I die. I love what I do. I want all of you to love what you do. I want all of you to find roles that you love. And so I've decided this summer that I'm focusing on my brain health. Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis. And this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. That also means I have to focus on my physical health because although I quite often ignore my physical health, I really shouldn't, but it feels easy to do so because, you know, I just love doing this, right? I'm not obsessed with sport, far from it. In fact, I am not one of those people who gets this massive hit of all the positive hormones when I do exercise. Quite the contrary. I'm one of those unlucky people who gets to feel utterly like a pile of poop um, after exercise and during. I don't get that positive impact. Apparently that is more common than I realized. I thought it was just me. (laughs) But actually, it's kind of common. I can't remember the percentage. I did hear on the podcast at one point. But I don't feel good about exercise, so I tend to ignore it. But here's the thing. My body carries around my brain. Hmm. Shocker. 
and also what goes on in my body. And the more I learn about all this stuff, the more I realize how that impacts my brain. My body carries around my brain. Hmm. Shocker. And also what goes on in my body. And the more I learn about all this stuff, you might have heard that uh, my breathing's got a bit better. I don't know if you picked that up on the podcast. Um, my editor does an amazing job and making me sound good. But when I'm struggling with my asthma, I feel like I'm really breathing on this podcast. And in the last couple of months, I've really got that under control because I'm starting to understand how what I eat really impacts my asthma. Who knew, right? So clearly there's a link between my gut microbiome and asthmatic conditions. Turns out there is, if you read the literature anyway, between what we eat, our gut microbiome and our brains. Probably shouldn't be surprised. And so I am, for the next three months, June, July and August, I'm focusing on my brain health. And I would love to share more of this journey with you. I'm happy to share what I'm doing to do that. I've got like a whole list of things I'm going to work on, building habits and best practices. So if you'd like to learn more about that, do drop me a message, drop me a comment on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, I would love to read your comments on that. Uh, And I'm happy to like do an episode on that if you're interested as well, like what I'm doing for my brain health, how it's going to help me be a better leader and a better CEO. In fact, the steps I'm doing also, the other thing I'm doing with a part of this, which is, ooh, I'm having to coach myself. I'm doing some self-coaching. Now, I have a coach. I actually have a couple of coaches right now. I'm always working with coaches for different things. But this is one where I'm like, I know the theory here. I've had a health coach in the past, but that was really to help me understand how to deal with some of the psychological barriers to me taking action. I have not met a coach who deals with what I am talking about, like a brain health coach. So I'm coaching myself. And this is one of the skills I think all of us need to learn. I learned how to coach myself, partly because it means that I take more meaty things to my coaches. If I can deal with some of the less meaty stuff myself, I can do more great things. So even though I have coaches, I do a lot of self-coaching. So I am doing even more self-coaching to get through these three months of building better habits to elevate my brain health and be a better leader. So it's an opportunity for me to share that with you. If you're interested, drop me a message in my Slack community send me an email or write a note in YouTube and I'll be happy to like share some of what we're doing uh, if I get enough people interested. So let's get back to today's episode. As I said, kind of a serious one. Handling layoffs and what to do afterwards. Handling being laid off is hard. Let's just put that out there. Being the executive leader, given the task of handling layoffs can be daunting. It's not nice for either party. And being laid off, quite simply, sucks immensely, unless you are looking for severance because you were leaving anyway, right? Being laid off often impacts our confidence, particularly if it happens more than once. And of course, during an economic downturn, it's doubly hard. But being the executive performing layoffs isn't easy, right? It's not an easy decision, nor is it one that should be taken lightly. But sometimes it's a necessary step for the survival of the company. And layoffs are terrible for employees, right? You don't want to be the one that's laid off because it impacts that confidence. So I want to just take this apart a little bit and give you a bit of space here. Executives have to make tough decisions sometimes that impacts people's livelihoods and employees have to deal with the loss of their jobs and the uncertainty that comes in there. But there are ways to navigate this situation with confidence, empathy and grace, whichever side of the fence you're on. Because yes, you need confidence, empathy, and grace to be the person handing out the layoffs. I've only met one person who I genuinely think didn't care. (laughs) I think they're kind of a bit of a narcissist about giving out layoffs. And equally, I don't think, unless you were after that severance, right? And I have worked with many women who are like, oh my God, they're doing layoffs. I totally want that severance because I was going to leave anyway. (laughs) Like, 
let's get it and move to that job that I've already got lined up. That's an amazing situation to be in. But for most of us, it still sucks to be laid off. It hits our confidence. But the way we handle it, if we can bring empathy and grace to that, all the better. Which is kind of why I wanted to do this episode where I'm giving you both sides of the picture. Because I think if you can go into this, whichever side you're on, with empathy and grace for the other side, you are going to come off better. And remember, as a leader, your reputation is everything. So I want to discuss how to handle layoff, whether you are the leader who has been laid off or the one doing the laying off. I'll explore how to manage emotions surrounding layoffs, both as a leader and as a leader doing the layoff. And we're going to dig into resilience for you, your team, and how to stay motivated in the face of this adversity, as well as cover some best practices for exploring and communicating layoffs, managing teams' emotions, all that kind of stuff. So let's start. (laughs) First of all, during a layoff, I'm going to state the obvious here, but it's important to manage your emotions effectively, whichever side of the layoff you're on. And this sounds obvious, and yet I see this not done very well most of the time. This is an executive presence skill. You are going to experience a range of emotions if you are human, right? If you're not a robot. Guilt, sadness, frustration, anxiety, anger, all the things. It's also natural to feel overwhelmed, stress, anxious. But it's important to give yourself time to process this. And notice how I'm not differentiating here between being laid off or being the lay offer. I don't know if that's a phrase. Here's the thing. You're going to get these emotions whichever side you're on. So if you were listening to this and you were about to be laid off or you have been laid off, remember that the other side probably had this too. Sometimes the bad behavior we receive during being laid off is precisely because that person doesn't have the executive presence to deal with us. And they rush into their response. And again, whichever side. I've had managers that I work with who have been awful at doing layoffs and giving that layoff news because they felt so guilty and they didn't know how to manage their emotions actually damaged their career. That's one of the reasons they came to work with me. So I want you to give yourself time to process this news. Don't rush into any decisions. Take the time to reflect on the situation. And again, whichever side you are on. Next, it's really worth seeking some support. This comes with some caveats, but in general, seek support from trusted friends, family members, or professionals. Just be aware that as a leader, you may be privy to information that cannot be shared, which is where my first note specifically for you as a leader comes in. Layoffs are often very sensitive subjects to a company. They impact shareholder sentiment, IPOs, acquisitions, fundraising, and even customer purchases. You know, we've all gone, oh, I'm not going to purchase that because maybe that company's going to go under and I won't be able to return it or the warranty will not mean anything, so I'm not going to purchase, right? This is a big deal for a company. The timing tends to be very careful and deliberate, even if it seems sudden to you. There is never a great time for layoffs but there are definitely times that are worse than others. One time that's worse than others is it's too late and you've gone bankrupt, right? But if you're an executive, you may know that layoffs are coming before anyone else. Just be really, really cautious who you trust this information with. The executive assistant who reads all your emails or that second in command who doubles up as your confidant may seem trustworthy and they may well be for 99% of what you share with them. But the more people that know, the more likely it is that gossip happens. If in doubt, don't share with anyone, even family. It needs to be treated cautiously. Uh, My husband and I, for example, we both work in tech. Obviously, I'm a coach for women in tech and I work with a lot of companies and I have a lot of non-disclosures agreements, both with individuals and with the companies. I have a huge network, as my husband does. and We have overlapping sectors. We're both privy to a lot of very sensitive information. It's the nature of both of our jobs. 
So we've learned how to talk about what we've learned in an abstract manner. So in general, there's no need for us to share it. Like, although we share a lot about what we do in our day jobs, because we have a lot of good conversations, there's no need for us to. But there are times when we need support, right? So if we have something that we need to support each other in, and I'm incredibly lucky to have a spouse who really supports me in my work, and I hope all of you have that at some point, even if you don't right now, but certainly a friend who does this for you. But if we feel that we need this support, but it's business sensitive, we will discuss it in general terms so that we can support each other without putting the other one in the position of having information that they would never intend to let slip. But if they did, it would be mad because it just means that it's something that might come out and it's just not a good idea. Now, this may seem overcautious, but in the context of work, it basically never is. In my experience, there is always a way to get support without needing to give information over that is sensitive. I would say that as a coach, of course, Part of my job is helping people figure out how to have those sorts of conversations. But another key aspect of having a support network is having that network that respects you can't share sensitive information. So you need to be able to have boundaries and say, I need support, but I can't share all the details. And the other person needs to respect that. So you can discuss something you can't fully explain so you can get that support. Your colleagues are basically never going to be those people. They have too much invested in the company. Similarly, friends in your industry are also not such people. In summary on this one, be cautious. If you're an executive who is privy to sensitive information, I've seen this information getting out, damaging the careers of far too many executives who do not be one of them. But back to the original thing here, there are benefits to talking to someone. So I do want you to hear that. If the information is public, then you can have an open conversation to someone you trust about your feelings and concerns. And if you aren't, find someone such as a spouse or a coach that you can either trust with sensitive information or that you can have that general conversation with without asking them for details you aren't able to share. Talking to someone who understands the situation and can provide guidance and support can be immensely helpful. Whether you are the one making the decisions to lay people off, which just basically sucks, (laughs) it's never nice, or you're being laid off, which, oh my goodness me, or you're receiving instructions from above to hand out layoffs. None of those are nice positions to be in unless you are a weirdo, right? So just remember that finding a healthy outlet for your emotions is crucial. So exercise, medi- not for me, I've talked about that at the top of the show. <laughs> exercise does not help me with my negative emotions, <laughs> but does for many people. Meditation, creative activities, these are all excellent ways to release stress and anxiety. This can help you with that control that you need when it comes to actually moving on from this. You need that sense of emotional control during the time when you're receiving this news, you're managing this news, and you're responding with executive presence. But it's also going to help you pick yourself up faster. So do not neglect your self-care routine during this time of uncertainty. So next, let's talk about staying positive. So self-care allows you to stay more positive, right? You might think, oh my God, how can I be positive in this situation? I want you to learn how to do this. I'm a big believer in this is silver lining. Maybe I'm naive, I don't know, but it served me really well in my life. I believe that most things have an opportunity behind them. One of the things I coach about is how when one door closes, we have multiple options available to us. They might not feel like it, but you know what? Something is going to happen that's different. That's an opportunity ahead of us that sometimes we wouldn't even have noticed if this negative thing hadn't happened. So I want you to focus on the positive. What does this apply to you that is unexpected? How can you stay motivated and resilient as you navigate through this challenging time? It's so easy to dwell on the negative aspects of this situation. 
But what we want to do is move you through negative. And I talk about reverse neutral forward in my coaching. This is something I train my coaches in, like how to move somebody from reverse in that negative spiral of energy to neutral, where you don't have an emotional response per se. You're just in this neutral territory of it's neither good nor bad. It just is. And that's when you start to see the opportunities. You choose an opportunity and you can move to forward, that place where you start to take action because you know that this new opportunity is the one you're going to go for. And by the way, the self-coaching I'm going to be doing this summer, I'm already in. I'm moving myself from reverse neutral to forward myself. That's part of how I'm coaching myself. So this is something I don't just teach other coaches. I don't just use in my clients. I use it on myself. And so I really want you to understand how to move from reverse neutral to forward. Again, whether or not you're laid off, you are laying off, or you're making this a really hard decision. I want you to try and get yourself to positive. That does not mean that you're not allowed to be pissed off, right? You are. There is a place for, as my coach puts it, have a tantrum. I personally don't know how to have tantrums. This is something that's come out in my coaching recently. I don't know how to have tantrums. (laughs) But for many people, actually getting pissed off, having that tantrum, being angry is necessary. And that's okay. Don't make it wrong. If you're like me and you really struggle with that, which my coach is convinced is conditioning from my childhood that I need to work on, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, don't make that wrong either, but it's okay to be upset. So I would cry in this situation. If somebody laid me off or if I thought I had to lay off team members, I would be crying. And if I've learned anything from my time as a coach, it's that I can't force myself to move through that emotion. I have to experience it. But what I do is I recognize I'm buffering which is, you know, I'm scrolling on my phone and reading the news. I watch too much TV. I stay up too late. I'm avoiding experiencing that emotion. I'm doing everything to avoid feeling the feelings. And instead, I will sit there and I will focus on the thing that's making me sad. I will write notes about it. I will journal about it. And I will allow myself to feel. Until you allow yourself to feel, you can't move forward. You have to experience that emotion. So don't make that wrong either. But ultimately, we want to move reverse, neutral, forward. We want to get you to forward to that positive action that feels good, but you have to go through that process. If you're being laid off, then this is also an opportunity to reassess your career goals and priorities. There may be new opportunities for growth, development, things that you haven't considered that may be actually better aligned with your values and interests. Also, if you're the one handing out the layoffs, I'm gonna just do both sides the whole way down this episode, right? If you're the one handing out the layoffs, this is also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to improve teamwork, maybe team cohesion, collaboration, effectiveness. Now, you might be thinking, what? My team's going to be feeling like a pile of crap here. Here's the thing, though. There will be this period, this emotional roller coaster after the teams let go, some of the teams being let go, the business lines are being cut. But done well, this can force a focus in the business that is good for business, direct efforts towards a more purposeful and aligned set of goals, let go of the things that aren't actually working for the business. So yes, it's this period of turmoil, but you can come out of the end of it actually in a better place. To communicate layoffs though, you do need to come across with some transparency, openness, honesty. And so it isn't just about focusing on where we will be at the end. You need to talk about the information that has led you to this hard decision. So yes, I want you to look at this as an opportunity to improve. And that should be part of your messaging once you've done the layoffs, but to actually communicate the layoffs, you want to craft a clear, concise message that explains the reason for the layoffs and the next steps for the individuals involved. Allow that to happen before then communicating the opportunity that you've identified. 
That's the next stage of what you would communicate. It's important to take the time to communicate the reasons for the layoff. Be clear about what the impacted employees can expect and be clear about why this has happened in terms of the business need to those left behind. This means that everybody can get into some place of this sucks immensely, but we're going to move forwards. For those being laid off, the more information you can give them about severance, benefits, all that kind of stuff alleviates any confusion or anxiety they have, right? But for those that stay, you need to allow them to hear why the business needed this and allow some periods. Sometimes it's not very long. You can actually do this change management quite quickly and then focus on the opportunity moving forwards. So you take the whole team from reverse into neutral to forward. It's kind of a fun one. You should also be sensitive and compassionate to those impacted employees, of course. So let me just give you some more details here. You might be able to provide counselling or career coaching, as well as information on the severance, benefits, any support available. I personally love to hear when companies have plans to put in place to help these transitioners. Yes, it sucks being laid off, but some companies do this better than others with provision for coaching or the ability to go into this pool of people who are going to be available to other parts of the business for a period of three months. Now, this does tend to obviously be bigger companies. The way I've just described it makes some sense. But irrespective of this formal support, if you are the manager performing layoffs, do this with compassion. Go into the conversation with all of the facts about the process, severance and benefits. And if you're able to do so, subject to the limits set out by your HR departments, which are there for good reason, you might want to offer to write a recommendation on LinkedIn or share with them areas where you think they would flourish in a future role. This can give them the boost they need to help them move from reverse to neutral, right? To help them think, I'm not terrible here. And they will need something to help them through that negative news that means that they're the one chosen to be laid off, not their colleague. It just hurts. So if you can, if you're allowed to, help them make that transition from reverse to neutral so they can get themselves out there job hunting with a positive mindset sooner rather than later. Just be mindful of those HR rules. Often they're to protect the company on what you, and therefore what you are and aren't allowed to say. So if in doubt, check. But if you can share something that's going to help them, by all means do so. It's also important to communicate the layoff in a timely and respectful manner. This is one of the reasons why it's essential to keep things as quiet and private as possible for as long as possible. As soon as gossip starts, employees understandably start worrying. Productivity takes a hit. I've seen companies have to do more layoffs than they ever planned because gossip meant that there was a discussion about layoffs for six months before it was even planned, which so negatively impacted team performance that the economic hit meant they doubled the number of layoffs than they wanted to. That's why we don't want this getting out too early. It may seem like it's getting it out helps people, they can prepare their resumes, but the reality is often that once a decision is made, things will happen fast. Before that, it is an idea. It's not set in stone. It's one of many business economic levers that are being discussed, but often it's a last resort lever. They don't want to use it. It's just being discussed. The act of this information leaking can mean that a business then has no choice. I've also seen businesses where it leaked, and so the executive team just went into chaos to make a decision as quickly as possible. They were forced to make a decision before they actually wanted to because they knew that the damage to the business of not having that decision was so terrible. So they made a really swift decision, which actually meant that it wasn't the most thoughtful decision. So just kind of laying out there for a why this needs to be really kept under wraps and don't make it wrong that this is kept under wraps. I think a lot of people get very angry because it's like, well, if I knew I'd get my resume out there, all that kind of stuff. 
there are really good reasons why we should keep this under wraps. But the key thing is that once the decision is made, it should happen quickly. Make sure that as part of any layoff discussion, that your affected employees are given the opportunity to ask questions. Do not be that company who just sends out emails. Do not do that. (laughs) Make sure people have the opportunity to ask questions, express their concerns, both the people being laid off and those being left behind. It's important to address these concerns with honesty, with empathy, because this then helps ease the transition for those impacted, helps them feel supported and valued during what is an incredibly difficult time for everyone involved. After a layoff, if you are the manager who retains a team that has experienced layoffs, whether it's within the team or it's peers and other teams, it's essential to then support your team as they cope with the aftermath. Their psychological safety at this point will be rock bottom. They will be fearing that another round of layoffs is going to come. Maybe they will be cut next. There may be fears around workload and how everything that has been planned and will be delivered is going to be impacted. Part of your job as a manager is to get your team back to full performance ASAP. After all that, that is what the company needs. It needs that high performance for it to weather this storm. You need to be creating space for open conversations, then coaching them through their fears. Remember, reverse, neutral, forward. We need to move them through that. I did an episode a couple of months ago on the storming, forming, norming, performing cycle. And that's what goes on here. At the point of layoffs, it's forming again. The team needs to reform around whatever empty space there was. There is a storming period where they learn how to realign. And then there's normalization of that where they work through their psychological safety issues before performance kicks back in. Essentially, that's the reverse neutral forward. I I would love for you to think about it as reverse neutral forward because I think that really helps us understand the emotions going on here. These negative reverse emotions, that neutral where we start seeing opportunity because really high performance comes when the company goes, there's an opportunity here for us and then moves into forward when we choose that opportunity. So part of your job is to coach them through their fears. There needs to be space for an open and supportive environment where your team members really can express their emotions and concerns. I've been brought in to help coach through in these situations, both individuals and teams. I would definitely say as a leader, this is a key time to use coaching skills. So if you aren't trained as a coach, please consider it. I do train coaches, but irrespective of me or someone else that trains you, go consider training as a coach because this is so incredibly important as a time to provide that coaching. Part of what we're doing during this coaching is acknowledging the emotional impact that this layoff has had on employees. People will be dealing with anger, frustration, sadness. You need to acknowledge these emotions. You need to provide space for them, provide support for employees to experience the situation and move forward. So you want to communicate openly and honestly, address concerns and questions, yes, but it's then about rebuilding that trust and morale through team building, coaching, performance metrics once they're ready, and goals. It's resetting that vision. It's realigning them with what's going on. It's saying to them, we can do something extraordinary here. So let's get behind this. You need to set clear expectations when they're ready for it, but you've got to allow them to heal before you double down on, we've got to get this done. That's a mistake I've seen far too many companies make. They think we've got to double down. We've done layoffs. Everybody knows this is really high stakes. Let's double down. They don't provide the opportunity for this pain to heal, which means the pain just prolongs and actually performance takes a hit. So When they're ready, you want expectations. You want ongoing feedback and support. You want your team, though, to move from that fear place into the point of excited, motivated, focused, 
and ready to face that adversity, which is part of the storm that your company is facing right now. It's also important to recognize the achievements and successes of your team. This is gonna help them with psychological safety. You wanna celebrate wins, big or small, that will boost morale, motivation, remind your team of their hard work, contributions, and how everything is valued and appreciated. This can really help create that positive and supportive culture that means that they let go of the fear and move the team into performance. So I now wanna talk about picking yourself up if you've been the leader who's been laid off. I've talked a lot about being the leader who's doing the layoffs. Let's talk about those of you listening who have been laid off, because I'm sure many of you listening to this episode picked it up because you heard that title. Okay, my love, you need time to heal. You need to take care of yourself. You need to be cautious about picking yourself up too quickly, but also don't wait too long because I, there's a sweet spot in my experience. I'm going to come to that in just a moment. These are times often to rethink our careers and sometimes a layoff with a good severance package is this perfect time. But on the note of the right timing in terms of picking ourselves up, let me just give you a little bit of a story here. I work with enough amazing women to learn that at the beginning, many of us have intentions to take six months off and then get back on the job market. Maybe we've got some savings and the severance helps. We're like, I'm going to take my time. But sadly, with only a few exceptions, and the exceptions tend to be women who have a lot of experience under the belt. They've been through this several times and they know they will be okay. Their mindset's on point. In fact, often they're trained as coaches so they have a lot of self-coaching going on here too. But with many of these women, I end up having conversations with them one or two months after their planned six-month timeout started. So they're one or two months into their planned six-month sabbatical, if you like, and they're panicking about being unemployed. So here's my advice to you. If you plan to have time out, really work on your mindset around this first. If not, be honest with yourself about taking some me time, but then treat the job hunt as your full-time job. Typically, two to three weeks seems to be the sweet spot in terms of recovery and mental recuperation. If you do it really well, if you take the time to allow the pain and then to work on healing, and at that point, be okay with, okay, job hunting is now my full-time job and treat it as such. This is something I say to the members of my Lit Up Leadership Academy all the time who are working through the Get Hired Bootcamp. If you are full-time job hunting, you are full-time job hunting. This is not a part-time thing where you go to coffee all day long. We have lunch out every single day. If you wouldn't do that at your full-time job, this is your full-time job. That is the best and fastest way to get back into work. It's why job hunting when you've got a full-time job is so hard because the people out there who are treating this as a full-time job are more competitive because especially in the current climate, they're the ones applying to the job the moment it is listed on LinkedIn, which is why by the end of the day, you get a hundred people who've applied to that job and you're thinking, I can't do that. I've been at work all day. So by the way, if you're listening to that and thinking, gulp, that, is that happening? Yes, it is. It doesn't mean it won't work for you. It's just going to be a bit slower if you're job hunting on the side of actually working full-time. But if you are not working full-time and landing a job is important to you, you need to treat it as a full-time job. So allow yourself to heal and then start treating this as a full-time job. You're going to be in a much better place mentally if that is your expectation. Having said all that, as I mentioned, a layoff is a great time to reassess your career goal, your priorities, build new skills or qualifications. Although I always have a cautious note around that one in that I often think that we don't need all the qualifications we think we do. <laughs> so just double check on that one. It's also a great opportunity to explore new industries or career paths. Having said that, I'm a huge believer in having a clear five to 10 year plan, as you likely know if you've listened to the podcast for a while. So check in on your plan if you have one. How aligned with your goals are you? 
And if you don't have one, now is the time to put in place such a plan. Side note, we do that inside SWG Academy. We have the sparkle plan process. Just going to say that. <laughs> Ultimately, I want your next job to be a key stepping stone towards that five or 10 year goal. Similarly, where there are industry-wide layoffs, such as what we're experiencing right now in 2023, it's important to stay open-minded and proactive. So you may find that your traditional sector, the one you've worked in for years, is just laying off left, right and centre, and there are very few, if zero, maybe opportunities. This can be a great time to diversify your experience. Some of the best executives are those that have experience from outside their specialism or industry niche. So even if it's just for a few years, as it provides a unique set of insights or experiences, now might be the time to look outside the industry you're passionate about because of the dearth of jobs and have a think about what other sectors could benefit from my skills. How long would it benefit for me to move out of this and then move back in with this new insight that I've got from working slightly outside this sector? This can really help you identify new opportunities, build a strong network of contacts that can support you in your job search. So, in the aftermath of a layoff, how can you pick yourself up and do it well? Take some time to reflect and reassess. After being laid off or laying off others, it's important to take some time to reflect on what happened. Reassess those career goals if that's important to you, including if you are the one that's done the layoffs. Like, is this the company you still want to be in? Ask yourself, what have you enjoyed about your job? What do you currently enjoy? Whether that is you are in a job where you've just done layoffs or the role that you've just been let go from. What didn't you enjoy? What do you enjoy? What would you do differently next time? Reflecting on these questions can really help you identify what you want to do next, make informed decisions when that time comes. It's also time to leverage your network if you've been laid off. Your professional network is an invaluable resource. I've talked about this so much on the show, but it's time to now reach out to the network that hopefully you've been building over the years because you listen to this podcast and you know that networking is the thing you need to do all the time. I have this conversation all the time in my academy and none of them want to, <laughs> which I do understand. It's like, I'm working. I don't have time to network and I don't really want to. But your network is such an important asset. So you should always be networking because now is the time to reach out to those colleagues from other companies, mentors, the people you've met at conferences, go to a few networking events or conferences, expand your network and see what's around. You never know who might be able to land you your next role. Remember, the majority of jobs are not advertised. Of course, this is also the time to make sure your resume, your LinkedIn profile are all up to date, that the most recent experience and impact statements are in there. I talk about this all the time as well. Make sure that your resume highlights those skills and achievements and is tailored to the type of role that you're interested in. Do not make that mistake of not tailoring your LinkedIn profile. Make sure it's complete. Make sure it's that resource that recruiters and hiring managers are looking for when they're searching for particular skills. You need to come up tops. If you don't know how to do that, by the way, join the Top Leadership Academy. We talk about that all the time in there. Okay, there's a lot I've covered in today's episode. It's been a chunky one. I'm hoping that you are feeling that there's some paths forward for you, whichever side of this not nice bench that you're on, or maybe you think this is coming. I hope this is preparing you. So let me finish up with a mindset one, kind of an obvious one here. Stay positive. <laughs> so easy to say, so hard to do. Try and find the opportunity that this is giving you. Stay persistent in your job search. It's tough to stay optimistic and focus on your goals, but this is the time to double down on it. Do not give up just because the first few jobs you get crickets from. Remember that finding the right role takes time and effort, which is why many of us get panicky and 
we think, oh my God, I can't have six months off because it's going to take me too long. It's okay. It will take time, but it's going to be so worth it in the end. This is a growth moment for you. It's a huge growth moment. The pain will pass, my love. Ultimately, navigating layoffs as an executive can be challenging, can be emotional. Navigating them as a leader is hard, whichever side you look at this on. But managing your emotions effectively, communicating openly, being honest with your team, being prudent about your emotions if you're the one being laid off and not gossiping, not disparaging the company because it basically never does you any favors, really will help you successfully navigate what is a difficult period for everybody and emerge stronger and more resilient at the end of this. Remember to prioritize that self-care, stay positive, stay motivated, get yourself into forward gear and support your team if you have one still every step of the way. All right, my loves, if this is being powerful to you or if you know a woman who needs to hear this conversation, please do share it with them. I really hope that we can help a few of you who are experiencing a tough time right now move through this in a more positive manner. But until next time, as always, stay on your tech leisure game, follow your dreams, because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.